Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the latest episode of River City 93, brought to you by Roughnecks Cards for the culture and, of course, Icarus been a long time since I've been able to say this, but but your host is me, Elliot Barr, and it's joining me always. It's my good man, Janine Duran II. See, it's been a while. I was stumbling all over it, man. It's been a long time. Cause this I know. Is like, it's been ages. This is like our third time trying to do this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, For all those who know, Friday, we were... Well, not Friday... We recorded Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Yeah, yeah it was we Thursday. were supposed to. We recorded uh, one episode of Can I Kick It, and then we got ready to. By the way, check it out. Can I Kick It? Subscribe to that podcast. It's yeah. an awesome podcast. Like, share, review, subscribe as always. Um, we were in the middle of doing the preview for South Georgia Tormenta when your wife and my wife called our phones a combined. I think sixteen times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know, as when I'm recording. You know, always put your, I always put yeah, my phone, put on, phone on. Do not disturb. Disturb, yeah. And my wife just happened to FaceTime me. He came through on the iPad and stopped all the recording. We were like, all right, what's going on? And so I'll let you go more into it. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was an emergency with uh, regards to my wife. So I wanted to um, let everyone know who reached out to us on Twitter and uh, that thank you. Thank you so much for your thoughts and your prayers. Um Everything's is going good now. Um, we're doing okay, so it's back to business. Yes. Back to back, back to, to soccer in Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the funny thing is, oddly enough, that game got canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that that it kind of worked out because we were gonna do a preview of the Tormenta FC yeah. game. Yeah, and that actually out. allowed us to watch Green Grove versus Fort Lauderdale, two teams that we play. On the 25th and the 1st, respectively. So, yeah. that kind of worked out. But then, right before we recorded today, and that's why you always wait to record, leading an afternoon, because USL League 1 knows our recording schedule, oddly enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> they decided to put the South Georgia game on the 28th. Like, right in the middle. Right in between those two games. That's yeah. going to be tough. T- tough isn't the word. But also, I, now, my whole thing is, I hope that... For those who don't know, the reason why the Tormenta game was postponed was because of the fact that I think one or two people had COVID-19, which, by the way, like, we hope that they're okay. Yes. And everything, first and foremost. Was it two players or was it just two people within? within, I don't think they specified who it was. I think they just said, like, it was two people within the 40, like, man roster who they had to give. Mm -hmm. So that could be staff, personnel, trainers, whoever. Yeah. Someone got it. You got to turn down. But... I will give USL the credit of they. It's going to be a lot of rescheduling this year, so that's why I think you don't see as many week games as you do as we have seen in weeks past. By the way, it's only a sixteen game schedule, so you're playing every opponent. I think home and away twice. If I read that right, hmm. no, 
Yeah, I think so. I believe so. <laughs> um, so it, I mean, yeah, on the other hand, I'm like kind of disappointed with USLE because I'm like, y'all really had to give us Greenville. I mean, granted, we were supposed to be tormenting Greenville, but a week apart. But now we're going less than three days rest. Yeah. I'm like, that's, that's tough. Derek got a tough. That is, Derek had a tough opener, y'all. Yeah, tough opening three games. And the thing that is that is puts even more pressure and puts him in the hot seat even more is the fact that the way they're going to do things this season with a playoff, they're not really going to have a playoff. They're just going to have a finals, the yeah. top two teams. Yeah. And that's, that's tough. So it's like you were saying before we started recording, you can only afford probably to lose two games. Yeah, if you, if you want to be in that final, you can only afford two losses tops. Yeah. Maybe a third, depending on how everything else goes. But depending really, on if you have far more wins <clears> than draws, <throat> maybe you can get away with a third loss, but... Yeah, you're cutting it close there. Mm. Like, and I, I hate it to be the situation where one team just clearly runs away with it. Like, yeah. North Texas did last year. And, and, I mean, of course, you know they have the potential of doing the same this year because that squad is still solid. Yeah. It's still... I, still I think we could have gone four. But that's just me. But I understand why they went too to cut down on travel and, you know. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. In like, case you get a situation where New England and Tucson end up <laughs> in the final I mean, you seem crazy. I mean, then you end up with the <laughs> two farthest. <laughs> yeah. The but teams I, two farthest two from each other. But at the end of the day, USL League One did what they could. They did what they had to do. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no right way how to do this because this is an unforeseen circumstance. Like, a whole league has shut I mean, granted, a whole system of leagues have shut down. Oh, yeah. And they're starting to come back. Some are figuring it out, right? Some haven't. Other teams, like MLS is doing the bubble. USL League One can't afford to do a bubble because all that stuff is game day, you know. Um, game day revenue. Yeah, yeah, game day revenue and stuff. Yeah. So it's hard. To and that's, that's one of the reasons why I feel that there was such a hurry to get back in because when you look at leagues like MLS, Premier League, Serie A, La Liga, the money they make off of ticket sales... What MLS team can fund probably all of USL League? Yeah, but (laughs) the money they make off of ticket sales is nothing compared to the money they make off TV deals and sponsorships and all of that. So they're not hurting when they can't have people in the stands. So, also, it helps when you have, like, ESPN and Fox 1, you know, doing anything. Exactly. You know. Um, but, yeah, man. Outside of that, are you ready to dive into our Greenville preview? Yes. All right. So I am. We both watched this game. Greenville versus Fort Lauderdale. That's who we play on the 25th. And um, then Fort Lauderdale on the 1st for our home opener. <laughs> yeah. Which is going to be, we're going to get into that as well. <laughs> um, I got to say, first and foremost... The lead up to this Richmond versus Greenville game, I was not expecting it. <laughs> like, like, oh no, man. that's that's the closest thing we have to a derby right now. It so, is, I mean, but it doesn't. Like, all right, let me ask you this: Wh- which derby do you feel more connected to, the Henny Derby or the Bonsacora Cup? Oh, the, the the Henny Derby, hands down. See, and that's what I'm saying. Like for me, it feels weird. And I, okay, I take my one point. We don't play every team. Once, because you only get one Henny Derby. I think we played North Texas once. Yeah, the Greenville, North Texas, Greenville four times. Omaha and 
forward the forward Madison we play once each of those. Yeah, because we yeah. play Greenville four times, so that's why. So North Texas and Fort Lauderdale. I mean, Ford, I think on the line. But that's weird because it's like I don't know. I, I register Ford Madison as more of like our rival versus Greenville, but to see the banter of Greenville, it's like it's cute and it's fun, but it's like I don't know. I don't take that's it. the health insurance cup. I guess. <laughs> yeah, we'll always look about it. That's 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 how I'm always gonna call it. It's the health insurance yeah, cup. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Henny Darby is, is has is more or is it's it's more organic. It it was it came about more organically. I feel like the Bon Secours Cup is forced with yeah. a little more force because it's like oh they're the close to each other. They're both yeah. sponsored by Bon Secours. Okay, I understand that, but before that, there was no... No, you're right, it wasn't. So, that, I mean, let's want to get into it. For Greenville and Fort Lauderdale, like, first and foremost, Fort Lauderdale looked a lot better than what I was expecting. Me too. They I still think they are a drug-run organization. Like, I still think they are funneling some money through there some way. Like, maybe David Beckham was, like, siphoning off money to, you know... I think he's funneling money to Fort Lauderdale some way, somehow. I don't know. But they played a lot better than what I was expecting. I was expecting, like, oh, they're probably going to go ultra-defensive, kind of sit in, and not going to really give Greenville a whole lot. But they had their moments where, I think, Dallas J, for one, he proved why he was the keeper of the year last Ooh, year. Ooh, yes. Dallas J stood on his head, yeah. at least in the first 25 minutes he, he saved Greenville, and I think Greenville started off with the mindset of, oh, well, we're, we were the best independent team. We made it to the final. And not saying they were, like, cocky, but it's kind of like, these guys are new. Yeah. We we know what we were doing. We were playing with each other. I think that's what happened with the first 20 minutes. Yeah. But then, then I think Greenville said, okay, let's get down to business. Um, things kind of switched. When you look at the first half stats, Greenville had more possession. And I think that was part of Fort Lauderdale's plan. Because I think Fort Lauderdale realized last season, Greenville does not do good in possession. They are a quick-on-the-counter, come-at-you-fast team. And let them score one goal, they'll sit in. They They, have no problem sitting in. They No. (laughs) If anyone... Maybe... Is it possible to see if John Hartz and Joseph Marie have been in the same room with each other? Because they might be the same person. They might be the same person, just that sitting bunker. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, it's, you know me. I love a good defensive game plan. Hey, look, and it, and it, it works. works. It works for Chelsea. It works for Inter with, yeah. with Jose Mourinho. It works. So, um, but yeah, I mean, really looking at the game, Fort Lauderdale, I think, had maybe three chances offside. Also, Ricky Lopez Espin, who was at Fort, I mean, not Fort Lauderdale last year, was at Atlantic last year. Rest in peace to them. Yeah. Um. He was starting striker. I mean, he was offside like twice. I, it was chances where, like, if he's onside by like a split second or like a foot, he possibly is scoring. Yeah. And I mean, you can see Greenville starting to get a little bit frustrated because they're like, "Yo, nothing's clicking, nothing's clicking." Even up until like I think two minutes in the extra time in the first half, when they had that chance right there in front of goal, where oh. Keegan just. I, Keegan doesn't miss that last year. I mean, granted, he scores in the second he, half. But that yeah, that was a sitter. I mean, yeah. the 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 um, definitely the the work ethic to get to that ball before it went over that end line 
and to just dish it back. And Ke- all Keegan had to do was side foot that into the goal, puts it wide. That was that. I think at that point they were starting to feel, oh my goodness, it's just not going to be our day. Yes. Because you could see that towards the end of the first half, Greenville started coming at Fort Lauderdale. They started being like, okay, let, let, let's show you guys what League One is all about. <laughs> <laughs> and then we talk- <laughs> I'm going to be the laughing at you. <laughs> that is hilarious. We're going to show you what League One's all about. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, let, let, let's show these newbies what this is all about. And they, they were coming at Fort Lauderdale. But I don't know. It's just, and even even um, Fort Lauderdale's keeper, Castanera, he had moments. Like, yeah. there one off the he, corner. He's good. There was one situation off a corner kick. I think it was Keegan who got the header. No, it wasn't Keegan. I think it was either Muhammad or Morell who got the header. Yeah, and think, Keegan was, was literally standing on the goalkeeper. And with a, def- with a striker... Standing and a lot of a lot of people may not know this, but that is a major, majorly popular tactic on corner kicks. Yo, that annoys me as a goalkeeper. Oh, it annoyed yeah. me too. It annoyed but me. but as you put the sh- most like most of the times it's probably the smallest guy on the team because yeah. you know he's probably not going to win a header. But you put him there to annoy and block the goalie. Yeah. So I think about it like as like in basketball when you set a pick. Exactly. You really just put in a body right there, so the goalkeeper it literally just cuts out a route. Yeah, so the goalkeeper can't come out to claim a ball or to, to, to end that corner kick quickly with a punch or a grab. But with Keegan standing in front of him, that header comes in, with, and he still manages to swap that out for another corner. Yeah. I mean, both goalkeepers did amazing. Amazing job. Yeah. This game, don't, don't let the score like confused. This game was... It was a good watch. I mean, it was right, a good watch. It was. Granted, it was the first League One game I think USL League One put it out there like in 272 days. But it was it was an entertaining game, I will say, until the end. I mean, granted, the goals were good. Yes. Like Alex Morrell. Alex Morrell got that line. So that started with Walker. So Walker gets into a physical a physical battle for the ball in the midfield, wins it, and hits the first thing he does is he looks up. And at the end of the day, I'm sorry, this player is going to get hounded today. Brian uh, Rosales from Fort yeah, Lauderdale. He, he didn't put himself in glory anyway. He I mean, did like, not put himself in glory, but Alex Morell makes that run and that switch, that diagonal ball across to Alex Morell. Yeah, it was good. Beautiful. It was good. I mean, to have the presence of mind, oh God, why did I say that statement? To have... The, to be in that moment, most people will probably just trapped it and be like, oh, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, this is why he's a professional. He controls it and just slots it in. Yes. And, I mean, you can see right there, it kind of like, I think I texted you this, and I was just like, yo, if Inter gets, not Inter, Fort Lauderdale gets to the half, there's a good chance they can get a draw in this game. Because you <laughs> can tell Greenville was just Yeah, like, and I think you did, after, after um, Keegan's complete howler of a miss, I was like, uh, yeah, this is looking. <laughs> but then, but to, to bringing up Rosales, at the moment where Walker switches that ball, yeah. it looks like Fort Lauderdale is playing with two, two center backs because Brian Rosales kind of, I think he started to cheat up and he completely lost Morel. And Morel was in acres of space behind him. 
Granted, Morel's first touch, bringing that ball out of the air, was was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But you could see that Rosales was literally caught out of position. Yeah, and scrambling was. back, you saw uh, Mendez ha- was scrambling to try and get over. And one thing I do realize, what Morel was, he, he did a very smart thing. Most players in that position, what Mendez coming in from the angle so fast would probably have cut it back to maybe get that bend to the far post. Yeah. Morel says, no, I'm just going to smash it before right, he, he gets there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's going into halftime. Then, and the other side of halftime, literally two <laughs> minutes in, he scored the second goal. And I mean, granted, I think the reason why Fort Lauderdale can be a team that will be better than what Orlando was last year is what, I mean, granted, Fort Lauderdale is very inexperienced. I think they had three debutantes. Yeah. And we saw that with um, Rosales. But... It also comes out to the fact that these guys have never played a game together with each other. Where Greenville, they played a whole season with each other. I mean, exactly. granted, there's some new parts in there. Yeah. And Greenville is lucky in this game as well because they could have had two men sent off. They could have. Very easily. Like, I don't know if the ref was like still in preseason mode or in midseason form. But it should have been a red card. Yeah. So, I, I would say Evan Lee and Aaron Walker both got yeah. unlucky to they finish got off the game. Um, yeah. So Greenville, and strangely uh, enough, they weren't subbed off. No, they weren't. John Hartz did not sub them no. off. Didn't feel that it was, you know, okay, that enough is enough. Let's take them off so we don't get any issues. But for that second goal, again, Brian Rosales yeah. caught ball watching. So the ball comes in for the corner. It gets cleared out. Everyone starts moving up. Mendez and Nodarse pick up their, their players. I think um, Mohamed and Morel are picked up by them. And... Brian Rosales should be watching Jake Keegan. And well, he is watching him. He, he's, he's just he's, watching runs in front of him. He, t- <laughs> he takes one look behind him, sees him behind him, and then he's just honed in on the ball. That ball gets crossed in. Keegan literally runs around and in front of Rosales, and Rosales is just loses the plot. And you could just see Mendez and Nodarse looking like, yeah, we can't get there. Yeah. So it, I, I, I wonder if Rosales <laughs> was just like, okay, these two guys are in front of me. Keegan's on the back post. Yeah, he's making a run in front of you, but they'll clear it out. And I think he's just got, like, great he got caught ball watching that being, yeah, like, that being proactive in that situation. He was more just reaction and just be like, oh, they'll clear it. And yeah. I think that's kind of like the downside to having a young team, like fresh young team. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, are you ready to go to get into, like, Richmond? And Greenville on Saturday? Yes. Because this is the first album. Let me say this first. God, please do not let there be a Kobe case that pops out of nowhere no, on Thursday. No, no. Oh. Please no. Please no. Man, I, I got to say, yo, I was so hurt when I saw that message come through. It was like the game got postponed. I was like, bro. Oh, that just ruined my whole Saturday. I was so deflated. I was like, that, what am I going to do this weekend now? <laughs> Guess I got to sit outside. Watch other teams have fun. But, um... Yeah, so Richmond plays this Saturday. Who was the game? Seven? Is it seven or eight? It's at seven. All right. At seven, yes. Um, so we play against Greenville team that, granted, we have a winning record again, so that's good. Yes. But these are, I want to say Greenville is, Richmond's a totally different team. Yes. Than what they were last year. And granted, I heard some people saying, like, oh, this Richmond team is kind of the same. And granted, at any point, no, like, this. This is a completely different Richmond Kickers team. <laughs> different team. If those uh, people who are saying that this Richmond Kickers team is the same as last year probably did not witness any of the preseason games. Um, or really paid attention to the I mean, granted, 
Now, this team is what we keep, I think, 12 people from the roster of last year. Darren Sawati comes in. He has a few new pieces. But overall, I got to say, one thing about the team that kind of sticks out to me, the team seems more balanced. A lot more balanced. Like, a lot more balanced. It doesn't seem as if one of the concerns that we had towards the end of last year, I had it really, was the back line. Like, if Aqua goes out or Shinoski goes out, we only have either. <laughs> That's it. Well, now now we've got at least four center backs. Yeah. Four solid center backs. And to be honest with you, I feel that with the center backs we have, that leaves room for a lot of creativity. Because someone like Ivan, I think, works best in a back three. Yeah. As does. a left center back. He, that's, when he's played in a back three as a left center back last season was when he played his best. I mean, he's not a fullback, but if you play him with two other center backs, he's he plays a good, solid game. So, so if you want to go on and hop into, you want to do three, but let's go on and do it. The three players that said that to us the most, the three, three, players, three players we think everyone should keep an eye on. Well, first and foremost for me is Stanley Alves. Okay. I mean, the guy, he's he's a firecracker coming out of um, UMass Lowell. Um, I think that's the only reason why you like him. No, no, it isn't. Once I saw that highlight tape, I said, okay, we have someone who likes to find the back of the net. Um, (laughs) Why did that sound like a movie trailer? I'm sorry. That sounded like a movie trailer. Um, But no, Stanley Alves, he looked really good in the preseason games. He shows his range in terms of where he can strike from he's not that type of striker who needs to be close in or needs to be far out he can find that back of the net he can be a play he can play off the shoulder of the last defender he can play with his back to goal he's a very versatile striker um another player well while you're finding out i can tell you miles yeah back mr kyle bentner on the other side yes on the other side of the pitch i love that (laughs) I'm starting the petition right now. Kyle Miller for defensive MVP. And I mean, he hasn't even played a game yet, man. That's fine. Slow down. I'm going all in. You're going all in. Going all in, man. One, he gives us something that we haven't had in a while, and I think he's the closest player we've seen to towards Jambe in terms of being a captain, that defensive stalwart, and someone that he doesn't play within his box. And he, he reminds me of like one of the rug rats, like Tommy. Like, no, this is my area. You get out. <laughs> <laughs> but I think adding him to the team will help a lot. Definitely, it takes the pressure of having to play Connor, Aqua. I have been game in, game out. Yes. It has a little bit more of rotation to it as well. And also, I love the fact that he can take the ball and just go upfield with it. Yes. And that that is that is remnant of yeah. Yogi. And that's something that I really like. Yeah, I love seeing his distribution, so. You can go to your person now. Okay, my <laughs> next my next player is also in the back line, Ian Antley. He's got pace. He's got power. Um, he's Popeye. He's he's the dude is Jack. <laughs> he's Popeye. But beyond that, I mean, pace and power doesn't make you you know a good player. That isn't all that makes you a good Don't player. Don't tell Ian Antley that he could be anything he wants to be. Oh no, he can. But he <laughs> has more. I'm saying he has more in his locker than pace and power. Yeah. Um, as a fullback, his intelligence back there, his his the way he was playing, his overlap, his acceleration, um, the 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 
kid is good. The yes. kid is good. I I really am looking forward to seeing him playing um on on the as a fullback for the, the pick. Only concern I have with Ian Ailey is I just want to see like his level of distribution within the box. Mm-hmm. Like almost like Scotty just the crosses. The crosses. That's all I want to see. Oh, if you can get man. those down the pack, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's, it's a wrap. All right. So another player I think we should look out for. Is, You're gonna go on the other side. Oh, no, <laughs> same defense. <laughs> Devontae Debussy. Yeah. No, that's what I meant. The other side. Oh, on the okay, other okay. wing. <laughs> that, yo, first of all, pace is his call card. Like, he is. He's very skilled and a very unique dribbler. I would say that. I think. One-on-one situations will be his thing, and I wouldn't be surprised if Darius sets up situations to get him one-on-one with the opposing team's fullback and just be like, yo, go. <laughs> you got full rank, go. If you're one-on-one, yes, it's like Kobe. <laughs> like, Kobe, like, you're one-on-one. Do whatever you want. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, not Kobe. Who's the guy? Uh, Joe Johnson. Iso Joe? Yeah. That's Devontae. Yeah. Like, Do whatever you want. One-on-one. Um, and I think he'll thrive in those situations. Yeah. Also, the headband. I, I, it always reminds me of, um, who's the guy at Newcastle? Uh, St. Maximin with his yes. Gucci headband? Yep. I got it. Yo, if the boxing pulls out a Gucci headband this year to play in, <laughs> it's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'm just dialing. I'm just letting back. you guys know, because you can't see, I am pumping my fist right now. <laughs> Another thing, uh, uh, same as Ian Antley, DuBose has that overlapping knowledge, that overlapping smarts. Yeah. He knows exactly when to cut around that winger and say, just give me the ball, put it out there. Yeah. And I remember, I think preseason, I think it was Ian Antley who had a moment where he was at least 10 yards behind the winger and the ball's coming to the winger and he's already letting him know, put it in. And I'm saying, oh, it's a little too early. Oh, no, no. <laughs> No, he got there. He got there. <laughs> Ian just goes flying past and gets to that ball. You know just, what? I, if I had the ability to, like, Photoshop, I would put Devontae and Ian Adley and, like, the poster of White Man Can't Jump. Like, I would <laughs> love to see them recreate that poster. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> my, last, my last player is, um, th- I, I feel this, this one is for the soccer nerds. Um, I mean, so you're talking about you. Uh-huh. You talking about you? Yes. This, this, <laughs> this one is for the soccer nerds. For me. Yeah, players, people like me. Who I'm not just looking for the players that are going to give me flash, give me goals, give me pace and power. The, for those that really understand the slight nuances, uh, Gianluca Cuomo. At face value, I remember the first time I saw him play in preseason, I was like, what's he doing? But then, as you, as I really thought about it, I saw what he was doing. If we have a situation where with with all the players that we have going forward, it's a very high octane, high attack, pace, power type of attack. I think Cuomo is that balance to give you that, okay, slow it down. Let's just distribute. Let's keep the ball. Let's keep the ball moving. I think Cuomo is going to be key into as a pivot player to move the other team, using the ball to move the other team where you want them in positions to go for the jugular. He's that he's that calm, like, puppet master who's going to, you know, pull strings in terms of where to put the defense and then, all right, now we can attack. So I, I can see him being very key in a very subtle and dark horse type of way. 
So my last person, he's not a new player, but he's someone that I think everyone is kind of having their eyes on. Mm-hmm. Is Riley Craft? Like yes. I, and I will say this: I'm not gonna put Riley Craft in the same box as I would Joey Gallardo because they're two differently players. They're two totally different players. Mm-hmm. Joey Gallardo is a true number ten that can play up top. Yes. Riley Craft is purely a midfielder that can play attacking mid. Yeah. And I think the thing I want to see the most of Riley is. Can he be that connecting piece in that midfield? Can he be the one to keep the defense and attack connected with each other? Because that's something that we had an issue with last year. Yeah. We had a solid defensive line, but we relied too much on him. And then when we got into attack, it was like three on six. Like, and there was <laughs> yeah. no really connected play. So can exactly. Ryan be that person to get the ball, recycle play, get the ball, start a chance, things like that. And that's something I think a lot of people are looking for him to do. And I... To me, for real, I wouldn't be surprised if Riley Kraft is this year with, I think, in a 16-game season, maybe three, four assists. I, I think that's yeah. realistic for him. I, I think so, too. I would love to see him score a goal. <laughs> oh, I'd love to see him score a goal, too. He, he, and he's got... He has he's, the ability. He's got, he's got that personality. He's got that flash, too. Yeah. He's, he, can, he can pull off some magic in the midfield. Yeah, he, he's if, not... If put in the right moment... He can pull something off, and I just yeah. I want to see him take that next step. We yeah. saw glimpses of it last year. Yeah, we, we saw, saw a couple of glimpses of yeah. it in preseason too. But I want to see more of the polished off product of it. Yeah, so that's why I said it without three. Um, in this game, Richmond versus Greenville, what are you what are you looking for essentially? What I'm looking for is can we play a patient game because we already know. Greenville don't want possession. Can we play a game and afford to play a game where we know, all right, we're going to relinquish the possession to make them uncomfortable? And can we do that? Can we accomplish that um, more efficiently than Fort Lauderdale attempted to? Because Fort Lauderdale did a very good job of that in the first half. But I think once that goal went in right before halftime, the wheels kind of fell off and they were like, okay, we need to... For me, I think this game really comes down to, like you said, can Richmond be patient with the ball, but not only can we limit the turnovers. Because uh, Greenville capitalizes so well on those turnovers. On turnovers, exactly. And they're so good at, like, and when I say turnover, like, you know, misplaying a ball here or, mm-hmm. you know, giving a ball yeah. in a silly position. And then catching, catching yeah, getting catch caught two, on the counter. He was really good at that. Oh, and yeah. I wonder, and that was kind of my downfall last year. I mean, their first goal against Fort Lauderdale was basically a giveaway in the midfield. Yeah. Walker just pings it and it's and off to the races and we're gone. Yeah, and I want to see if Richmond can, you know, not only handle it that well, but can they also, if we do go a goal down, do we have the ability to come back and score a goal? Because I think we lost something like eight games last year mm-hmm. by one goal. Yeah. And, like, we kept making the point, like, if those games, if four of those games are draws, we're in playoff position. Exactly. You know, we're not, like, necessarily ninth place. So, it's, it kind of comes down to that. And, I mean, also, like, Sawatsky is going, you talk about a rough first week of the job. <laughs> you go to Greenville, then you go to South Georgia, and then you come home, your first home game against Fort Lauderdale. I mean, granted, it's for a lot of them, but like we said, you can't take this team. You can't sleep on. Them. No, you, you can't. No, team. you obviously can't. They they showed they showed a lot of grit. There there were signs of inexperience, but that's yeah, what, that's three about games from now. Yeah. You're you're gonna see a little bit 
they're going to tighten up a little more. They'll probably fix that defensive. Those and defensive for a lot of them, will have all the tape on us. <laughs> oh, yes, they will. Um, and we have one game on them. <laughs> well, we'll have two. I think they play forward. Okay. So we'll, we'll have forward. two games yeah. on them. Um, I know I'm going to ask you. How are you judging Sawaski on this year? Like, how, how are we judging him based on this year? Because I, I don't think it's fair for us to judge him the way how we would have initially. If yeah, we had a full if we had a full schedule, I would have said playoff spot. But now yeah. at this point, we're only two, two playoff two, spots. Yeah, I mean, I, I still... <laughs> like I think I would judge him off of, can you give us a winning record? Can we look like a team that can win any game? Any game we go into, okay... There's a possibility Richmond can win this one because that's one thing I did notice halfway through last season is you know going on online and and going on on my footmob app before <laughs> before every kicker's game and you know the the predictions and it was always like ninety something percent the other team's gonna yeah. win two percent draw and like one percent Richmond's gonna win <laughs> and it's it's like I want that to be turned around this year Ken. Sawatsky flipped that on its head and make it seem like Richmond kickers can literally win any game. They might not win every game, but it, they look like There's they can win. There's always a chance. There's <laughs> always a chance that this Richmond team can win any game or yeah. in, against any of the teams in this league. I, I think that's true. I think winning always helps. Yes. I think the things <laughs> I'm looking for with Suwasi outside of possibly trying to get to that final. I think that is the goal to get to that final. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think that's the end all be all just because of the 16 game schedule kind of does that. If it was four, then yeah, I think playoffs are bust. But it's kind of hard to judge that off of two teams. I think not seeing how every team is playing so far. Like we haven't had a full game of everyone playing. So mm-hmm. maybe we'll come back and really analyze this. But for me, <clears throat> it comes down to. Player improvement, and not necessarily the new players that were bought in, but players that were here last year. Like, do we see the next? Do we see players like Luke Pavone making that next step of becoming a regular, you know, player yeah. in the starting eleven? Yeah, in within the rotation yeah. at least. Not because last year he wasn't a player that really played a whole lot. Like, no. does he take that next? Step? Does Matt Baldock? Do we see you know Aquay kind of move more into that CDM spot if need be? Mm-hmm. You know, do we see Greg Beam play more? consistent yeah. um I mean, he's another one. And that that's that's one thing I do feel is a good thing. We have depth in the midfield. Yeah. We've got plenty of depth so in I, the midfield. I, I want to judge him off a of player improvement also, like style of play. And not necessarily like, like we said earlier, yeah, it's great to win games 4-3, but you can't sustain that. Like, yeah. We're not LAFC out here, yeah. you know, who can win games 6-2. Um, You know, just style of play. If we win a game one nothing, but do we look, it's different to win the game one nothing when you score a lucky goal and then you're just bunkering the whole time deflecting shots left right. Yeah. Versus you score a goal and your team is so defensively solid that the other team doesn't get to create another chance. You know, that's the difference. And I want to see that style of play come in. And I want to know what is the Richard Kicker style of play? Like, how are we going to play? Because, um, you know, preseason is one thing, but playing real actual games is different. Yeah. And yeah. the last thing is, how does Richmond do when luck is on our side? When we go down a goal or two, mm-hmm. how does Richmond react? Because there were moments last year where we went down a goal, 
like in the twenty fifth minute. Yeah. And we we kind of just know like all right, that's it. That's it. That's that's Nothing else is gonna happen. So, are we able to create chances? Are we able to make our own luck? Yeah. And things happen. Those are the kind of things I'm looking at with this Richmond kid because I had Darren Chawaski. Yeah. So, but that back line was never really the problem. It was the protection. Yeah. In front of that back line, and that's where I feel you know players like uh, Bolanos, Greg Beam, uh, Cuomo can definitely bring that. And I don't know if that's something. I I really hope that is something that uh, Sawatsky has worked on in this time that he's had um, to to basically protect that back line because I think most of the times we end up losing a game one nil or two nil because that back line has been battered so much that they can only take so much before they break. Yeah, you know? That's true. And then so many games. <laughs> Akira standing on his head, but he can only do but so much as well. So and I think now with the options we have on the attacking side I just feel it's like you said. This team is so yeah, much I think more that's balanced. One of the key yeah, we have Mumbai Kosele who can definitely provide that that protection for the defense. Um, I'm interested to see can, what Emiliano can do. Because oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. granted, like he is thirty. Like I believe he's thirty. I think, but so. he is someone that I'm going to be interested in seeing what he can do and how well he plays in that attacking role. So. That's all for me. So, anything else for you, my man? Um, not really. I'm just looking forward to that first game. I'm looking forward to Saturday. <laughs> um, sit. Yeah. Watch that game. Pop some popcorn. <laughs> pull out the notepad. Take notes. Oh, you know. God. We're getting back into this one. Yeah, we've got homework. Gotta <laughs> <laughs> get rid of it. All right, man. Well, real quick before we wrap up, as always, uh, you can... Like, view, subscribe to this podcast, share it with a friend. Um, like we said earlier, go check out Can I Kick It? That's our other podcast on black history in soccer. Definitely go check that out and support that as well. For the first time in a long time, my man, we did a preview podcast. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> so, with that being said, this is Elliot. We'll catch you guys later. Holler to next time. Thank you.